Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I am happy to be with you all this morning. Um, before we get started, will you just pray with me? Father, we thank you for... We thank you for everything. We thank you for how you meet us no matter where we're at. We thank you for how you answer big prayers and little prayers and you hear us. God, we pray just over this morning. God, I just pray that as we enter into Christmas week, uh, that we find moments to pause and remember why we celebrate Christmas. That we would remember the gift that you gave us, the beauty of the, the celebration of Christmas and how it marks just the, the coming of your son and the anticipation for his coming again. God, we thank you for the gifts you give us. And we love you, Lord. And we. We just pray over everyone in this building, but we, we pray for those who are hurting this Christmas season. We pray for those in Western Kentucky who have lost everything this Christmas season. God, we just ask that they would feel your comfort and your peace today. Anyway, I pray, amen. Well, this is our last week of our Advent series, uh, focusing on John three sixteen through 17. We do still have one more candle. Matt will light that next, or we'll light that next week. But this is the end of our, our series. So the last three weeks, we've kind of talked about this idea of, uh, the first week we talked about the gift of Jesus, and we focused on the thought of that went behind it the thought that god put into giving us jesus we talked about just that that yes the his death and resurrection is super beautiful and important but that happened as a result of jesus coming as a baby and that gift and then the second week we talked about how god's love is for everyone like you get to come no matter what you don't we don't get to like put benchmarks on God's love before someone is able to receive it. And then last week, Matt talked about just if this question of is, if uh, the belief in Jesus, is that enough? Like, can we believe that that is enough? And he used the, the imagery of honest Christmas tree and the ornaments being within reach and, and not having to strive to get to the top of the tree. And you might not be four foot 11, but I am, and I can only reach so high on a Christmas tree. So I resonated with that. Like... I resonated with the idea of not having to stretch myself to like reach the very top because even sometimes with a step stool, I can't reach the top. And so this, just this idea. And so as I was thinking and just trying to figure out, okay, God, like how are we going to close out this series? What does this look like? Um, I had a couple of ideas, but last week we were sitting over there and, uh, there was a few of us having a conversation about after service and, um, Miss Diana said, like, I love that we, like, have made space. And I was like, oh, I love that. Like, what if we made space for everyone to receive the gift of Jesus this Christmas season? What would that look like? This idea of making space. 
everybody is welcome. And so I started thinking on that. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Making space for everyone to receive the gift of Jesus this Christmas season. So John 3, 16 through 17, I'm going to read it really quick and we're just going to come at it. We're going to look at the whole thing with this idea of it being for everyone, that there is space for everyone to receive this gift. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We've talked about, like I've mentioned, the gift of Jesus, the the love of God, all of this being for everyone, that belief is for everyone. And I think the final piece to the puzzle is the idea of making space. Right Throughout this past year, starting like what, in February when we did our series on Galatians, we've used this imagery of a table, and we're going to use it again today. We're going to close out the year using this idea of a table. So I don't actually have a table, but let's picture that there's this huge table. Like not just a tiny table, but I'm talking like the largest table. Maybe it's like multiple tables put together, and it's just spanning this, this whole building. It's going from here all the way around, and there's seats everywhere right it's the most beautiful banquet you've ever seen there's seats there's food there's everything you could imagine and there's a spot for everyone siri even wants to be there and so you've got these seats everywhere and everyone's got a spot and you see your name and you're like this is so beautiful and we're we're here and you recognize, like, wow, this is, this is crowded. There might not be room. Like, how do we make space for the person who comes to that door that doesn't have a name tag? Or that person who's sitting, who's, who's already here, but has hurt us and doesn't have a spot at the table because they've been missing or whatever it might be. And, and this table isn't just for us here at One Church, but this table is for everybody who said yes to Jesus. This church is for, this table is for every single person that has said, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I am saying yes to that belief. But what d- divides us is our theology and the questions that we've asked and, and maybe the hurt that is, we've experienced and all of these different things keep us from sitting at the same table. But this Christmas season, what if we said there's enough space for all of that? Everyone has a seat. Whether they've said yes or they haven't. And so I've started thinking about this. Okay, so yeah, there's space at the table, but how do we make space? Have you guys ever walked into like a crowded spot? Like, I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, we sat like sometimes around like uh, cafeteria tables. You ever been the last person to show up somewhere? And you're like, crap, where do I sit? Like maybe there's not really an open seat or the open seat is by someone you don't know and you get really awkward and you get really uncomfortable and you don't really know where to go. If maybe that's just me. But I'm always like, okay, I'm gonna go sit at the other table that's open and I'll just sit by myself because that's less intimidating, <laughs> right? We, we, don't, we don't actually, but how much better does it feel when that person who might not know you scoots over and pulls up a chair and then all of a sudden you're like oh there's space for me oh i have a spot here you're like okay i'm comfortable 
So what if it was as simple as scooting over and making a space? Like, what if that's as simple as it is? If we're saying, hey, this is for everyone. We've said the gift of Jesus is for everyone. The love of God is for everyone. This belief in Jesus is in reach for everyone. But you're that person that's like, okay, I'm everyone, but I don't know if there's space for me at the table. What if we as believers say there is, and the only thing we have to do is scoot over? And we don't scoot over once we know where they come from, what they believe, what path they've walked down, all of the things that they've done wrong or right in their life. Like, we don't scoot over once we have their resume. We scoot over before we know anything about them. And so when we scoot over, we drop our biases. We drop those subconscious judgments that keep us from scooting over. And we say, you are a person. If you were created in God's image, then you are worthy of his love. You are worthy of the gift of God. And so I'm going to move over. I'm going to remove myself and say, hey, there's a spot for you at this table. How pretty would that table look like? It would be so diverse and different. There'd be different people from different walks of life. There'd be different people from different thoughts, maybe even different religions. And we'd have all of these different things. And all it would be is instead of us saying, oh, okay, we can sit at this table because we all think alike. We all look the same. We all think alike. And this isn't scary. This is safe. But if we scoot over and we make space for just one person, then all of a sudden healing happens, right? Because we've all been that person. We've all been that person to walk up somewhere and feel like we don't belong. We don't fit. When we scoot over, we drop our own judgments, our own opinions. Because really, if we think about, at least when I thought of, okay, what stops me? Like, what stops me from moving over? What, what causes me to, like, stay seated? And there's two things that I've come down to. And I think this is something that we're going to talk about after service is what stops you. And that's a question that we can ask ourselves. What is the thing that might stop us personally, but us as a community from actually moving over to creating that space? Because as I've been a part of one church, that's definitely a desire that we have. But I think there are times where we have not actually created that space where we've said it with our mouth, but our actions have not allowed that space to be. And so as I was thinking, okay, what are those things that hold me back? The first is fear. I don't like the idea of being rejected. So I don't put myself out there to be rejected, right? So I, I'll, I will just sit there, like if someone walks in and it's a full table, I will wait to see if anybody else moves. And then I'll move, right? Like, I'm like, is anyone else going to, is anyone else going to scoot over? Anyone else going to make space? No? Okay, I, I will do that. Because I don't want to be like, I don't want to be, I'm fearful of being rejected. But also, like, I am a big personality. And so sometimes I can steamroll. Like, I can steamroll people from getting the chance to actually take initiative. And so I actually, like, count in my head to, like, 10 to make sure that I'm not, like, steamrolling someone who might not be as loud or as boisterous as I am. So those are those 
those two initial things. But then also the thing that stops me is I judge a person. Like a person walks through the door and I'm like, we're already like our things are running through our head. And we're like just judging like, oh, well, they must do this and oh, I must do that. And like, oh, well, I do this. Oh, they don't really look like we would drive. You know, all of these things that maybe it's just me that has judgments, but I know that I have passed judgment many a times that has stopped me from actually making space to get to know someone and to make, and maybe that stopped them from making them feel like they were able to receive the gift of Jesus. And so as I've been thinking through that this week, I'm like, okay, God, like, teach us. Teach us to make space. Teach us to scoot over. And as simple as it sounds, I just imagine, like, if, we, if we've said this is a huge banquet, right? We've said that there's food and there's chairs and it's as beautiful as you can imagine. And then I just imagine everyone, like, playing musical chairs. Like, you know that, have you guys ever played that game where you, like, shift a chair? We played it in youth group a little bit. Where you, you have just enough chairs and you go around in a circle and then you pull a chair out. and You, you know, it's not like musical chairs, it's kind of... And I just imagine this game of like everyone scooting down and all of a sudden there's empty spaces and each person has empty space next to them. And now all of a sudden we each have maybe somebody that comes to our mind that like, hey, that, could, that person could fill that chair and all I have to do is say, hey, come with me on Christmas Eve. Come join me. You don't, you don't have anywhere to go. Like, low key like come be with me and my church family on christmas eve and see that there is space at the table for you we want you there that there's there's this is this is like you don't have to hit markers before you walk into the room we don't get to decide who sits at the table And I think that, if I'm honest, to some degree, like, at times, I have decided who gets to sit at the table. Because how I was raised told me that I got to choose. That I got to choose who was good enough, or maybe they got to sit at the table, but like they didn't get to sit as close to the front at the table. You know, like they could be there, but they needed to be like towards the back. So I've still made space, but there's still that aspect of choosing who sits, where they sit, all of this stuff, and I know this is a lot of us sitting at tables and the imagery and all of those things, but at all week, this is what I have been imagining. Like this idea of a table, a sitting, and just someone walking in and seeing a completely full space and not even saying, hey, is there room for me? But if we already have the empty chairs... Then yeah, it's still a little scary, right? Like, same thing. Like, you don't really want to walk up to an, a table of people you don't know. Or maybe it's a table of people you do know, but it's still scary. 
still might be rejected. You don't know. I want to be a church this Christmas season that just before they can even feel, before someone can even feel like they don't belong, we're like, hey, come on, we've got a chair right here. Hey, come on, we've got a space. I mean, guys, we've got plenty of pews. Like, legitimately, we have plenty of chairs. Like, <laughs> come be a part. You're, you're welcome here. We want you here. I just think it could, it could change a lot. Not just individually, but in our community, in Louisville. It could heal hurts, wounds. So for those of you who don't know, my little sister um, came out, goodness, like seven years ago now, six years ago, six years. Um, and when she came out as, as queer, the amount of people that were like shocked that our family didn't just turn our back on her was kind of disheartening. And it's something that, as I was thinking today, about making space, I'm thinking, what would it have looked like if instead of feeling like she no longer belonged at the table, my sister had felt like she had as many spots as she needed? Instead of people sitting, not just her down, but us down, saying, how could you, like, why are, you know, you should pray for her. Why, why haven't you, like, told her what's right and what's wrong and, and all these different things? If they had just said, like, we're called to love her. No questions asked. No judgments passed. We're just supposed to love. Because ultimately, that's what we're called to. Like, it is by the love that we show that people know that we are Christ's disciples. But we decide who gets that love. And what we've learned from John 3.16 is that's not for us to decide. Because that love is for everyone. And I think of all of the people this Christmas season that are hurting because they're just like my sister felt like there's no space for them at the table. And I want to be a church, and we are, and I want to continue to be a church that moves over so that those people feel like, I belong here, I have a space here. And those are the people that have been rejected. But then on the flip side, we've got people that have hurt us. People who have said yes to Jesus, who think differently than we do, have different theologies, and have hurt us on the other side. I think of the people who sat down with my family and said... Oh, we'll pray for her. And why, why, we'll pray for her means we'll pray for her to come to know the truth, right? Those people, as hurt as we've been, and my sister has experienced, those people also 
have a spot at the table. It's really easy to make spots for the people who have been rejected. It's re- it can be harder to make spots for the people who have rejected. I think of uh, if Jesus were putting a table together, I think of um, how it's really easy for us to imagine like all of those who had been marginalized, the disciples and all the people that had been said that they were less than, right? That's probably the first guests we would imagine at this table. But, you know, I think Jesus would also invite the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And just like that, we are called to not just make space for those who have been marginalized, but we are called to make space for those who have sat in a, have that rigorous religious background. This table is big enough for everyone. And this Christmas, I pray, one church, that we make space for everyone. Whatever that looks like. I don't know where you are today. I don't know, as you sit there, I'm not, you don't like have something across your forehead that tells me how you feel. Sometimes, wouldn't it be nice? Um, (laughs) And you might be one of those people that is like, I don't know if there's space for me. I don't know if I have a spot at the table. And I'm not just talking at one church, because I think we can all comfortably say that if we're sitting here, to some degree, we do believe that there's space here. But we're talking about this, the big, giant table of of all believers. Truly believing that there's a spot for you. Truly believing that Jesus wants you at that table. That the gift of Jesus, the love of God is for you. Maybe we're at the table, but we're afraid to make space. Or we're, like me, just kind of coasting sometimes. Or maybe we're at the table and we don't, like, we have lots of questions and we're afraid to ask those questions. Because what if we ask the wrong question and then all of a sudden we're not at the table anymore? But guys, your spot at the table is not determined by what you think, what you look like, what your past has done, what your future, what you're doing right now. But if you said, hey, this Christmas season... I'm saying yes to the gift of Jesus and that gift of Jesus coming as a baby so that then his death and resurrection so that our relationship with God could be restored. And you're literally like the Christmas tree. You're grabbing an ornament. You're taking that ornament with you and you're saying, okay, here, this is enough. And every time I doubt whether or not I belong at this table, I'm going to remember the ornament. And whether or not, or any time that I see someone else walking in who doesn't have an ornament, I'm going to move over and I'm going to say, hey, there's a spot right here. 
And here's a reminder that you belong. We'll figure out the rest. We'll walk through it together. No matter where you are, I pray today, and honestly, I've been praying all week, and I pray for 2022 for one church that we make space for everyone to have access to the gift of Jesus. This Christmas season, we celebrate the gift of Jesus. But that gift is something that we can get all year long. That gift is something that we can give all year long. We can scoot over at any point. One church, let us be a church that moves. Let us be a church that creates space at the table. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for that you make space for us at your table. I thank you for the fact that you love us. I pray that the love that you give to us, that we would give it back. That we would give it, we would we would give it and we would allow others to experience it. That this Christmas season, that this week as we walk in and we approach the celebration of the gift of Jesus, I pray that God, we would share that with people. It wouldn't be something that we keep inside. And it might be someone that already knows the gift, but that there needs to be restoration in their life. God, may we be a church that no matter who walks through the doors, we say you're welcome here. And we live that out. We love you, Lord, and we just thank you for how you continue to bless us. You know, I pray. Amen.